following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R, and I am joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the LOC. He is a straight shooter on Twitter, and when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of LIR double. Yo, 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 what's going on? It's funny how we just turned on the mic on and we went from being like about a good three on like us being very animated, like, hey, what's up, bro? How's it going? To now that the, like, you know, the mic is on, we're like, yo, 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 we just yo, like did a line of yeah. coke and stuff. <laughs> It's like we just downed so many energy drinks and, uh, you know, we're ready to go. That's so a great transition. Sweat. That's That might have been the best transition you ever done, Ryan, because let me do my yeah. gimmick. Hashtag, it's Red Bull time. I could have missed that opportunity the second you said energy drink, bro. <laughs> there we go, yeah. I don't, I don't drink energy drinks, but if I did, I'd be cracking open one as well. All right. What's up, Ryan? How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, this, this, it's funny. This is becoming the new normal between us just doing an audio podcast. But, hey, you know what? At least we're pumping out the content for, for you people. And uh, <laughs> so, 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 so be grateful is what I'm saying. But, um how you doing, bro? I'm hanging in there. You know, there's some stuff happening in my life, but, you know, there's always wrestling. But you just mentioning how we're doing a podcast with three people. Once again, the non-existing Leo. We can't even see the ghost of Leo anymore, but he's just not here. Yeah. Oh, he was supposed to be on today's show, but there's some issues happening in the studio. He is getting him resolved. Uh, he was telling me yesterday that we're almost there. So hopefully sooner rather than later, we will be in studio. Maybe you'll be able to come down at some point. And yeah, you know, uh, the future is still looking bright for Lucha Outsider Show and just the whole Los Radio brand as a whole. But, you know, there's just a little complications and we don't want to rush things. Yeah, no, there's no point in rushing. But if anybody was concerned about Leo, he's okay. He's He's just busy. Yeah, just busy. Busy guy, busy guy, busy guy. (laughs) All right, dude, let's... um. You know, not not to not to be a spoiler here, but we're gonna talk about a lot of negative shit on today's episode. But <laughs> before we start on the negative, I think we should give a congratulations. Not congratulations you played yourself, but a congratulations we since we didn't do an episode last week to both um John Moxley and Renee uh Paquette. You know, they had baby Nora and also Cody Rhodes and Brandy that ha- they had baby Liberty, which it does not surprise me that they named their daughter Liberty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a nice name. 
everybody was shitting on it naturally because that's what the internet does. Mm-hmm. They're terrible when it comes to uh, you know shitting on. No, no, no I, I, it, it's, I didn't mind the name. It just makes sense why they would name their daughter Liberty. You know, like American Nightmare, American Dream. Of course, name your daughter Liberty. I, I don't <laughs> mind the name. I think it's creative. Oh, it is. It's great. It's it's very cool, and it's awesome that they were born at the same, you know, around the same time because I'm sure they'll those kids will end up being best friends. So congratulations to both of those couples because uh, you know. They're great. They deserve it, and they're going to be great mothers and fathers. If I'm not mistaken, I think Mox and Renee named their daughter Nora off of John Moxley's mom. I could be wrong at the, on that. I think That's I read nice. that somewhere. I think I read that somewhere. I could be wrong. And so, what are the chances of John Moxley's daughter being in a I don't know in a death match scenario type match in when she's like 18 or something? What do you think the odds oh. are? What's the over oh, under? Yeah, yeah. I can uh, you can probably mark that down already. GCW. <laughs> w, whatever hardcore promotions out there better get ready because uh, they're gonna get one badass chick in a few years. <laughs> gonna be like, look, she's gonna be like the future uh, woman version of Nick Gage. Oh, <laughs> uh, Nora Mox. Oh my god. Mox, get ready. Let's start with also, all this. Too, honestly, before we get into anything else, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what today is. Sun- Besides Sunday, June twenty seventh, it is the ten year anniversary of the pipe bomb promo. Wow! I saw that on Twitter 10 freaking years ago. CM Punk changed the freaking game. Well, you know what? Since you mentioned that, I think we could pivot here and talk about that. You know, let me ask you. Because this is, this is, I don't think we've ever had this conversation on this podcast, on this show, like uh, in detail. But do you remember where you were? Do you remember what you were doing? What was your instant thought when you saw this promo? Oh yeah, dude! I'll never forget that. I was I was home actually. I was watching it, and I think my jaw was on the floor for a good like you know hour after that happened. I immediately, uh, you know, this was in two thousand and eleven. So like, I remember I was on my like computer. I was just in my room chilling. I remember I was just like on all these dirt sheets, right? Like right. Wrestle Zone right. and. Wrestle Zone was like the one that I was on back in the day all the time. And I remember just going on that immediately after. And, like, trying to find any information I could on that. Like, whether it was a shoot or whether it was Wait, a Did he go off script? Yeah, and, dude, literally, like, it was it was exciting. Like, yes. that whole span between that day and the build-up to the Money in the Bank pay-per-view on July 17th of that year mm-hmm. was just, like, some of the most fun I've had watching wrestling. And, you know, that was, like, back in the day where, you know, obviously, like, Everything's evolved now. Like, there's more information, more dirt sheets. You have like guys like Sean Rossap, Brian Satin, all that. You didn't really have too many of those guys back in the day. And if you did, I wasn't really familiar with them at the time. So it's like I was like just out of the loop, if you want to say. And um, you know, I feel like if it happened like nowadays, like ten years later, I just feel like we would know more information immediately, whether it was a work or a shoot, with all these like you know insiders and every everybody having all these like sources and stuff. But back then, it was. God, that, it was just unbelievable. That night, uh, I, I'll never forget that. And it's funny because we're talking about 10 years ago, but like on 2011, the internet was still a thing. Twitter was still a thing. Like Instagram was still a thing. Obviously, it's not what it is today. But I guess the dirt sheet, what's the word I'm looking for? Like now, I feel like dirt sheets, it's like you could get multiple sources from so many different people. Even like now, recently, like what was it? What is it? The Matman podcast, I believe, that yeah, are breaking I out know. so much news. Like And even like WrestleVotes is another one that, that breaks news, yep. right? Back in 2011, it was what? Like Russell's own PW Insider, obviously The Observer. Right. Was even Ryan Satin a thing back then? I'm not even sure, you know? So I mean, I'm not sure either. 
so the the like the, the plethora and, and we use that word a lot, but the plethora of dirt sheets back then weren't like as like I guess like easy to access like it is now. I believe Wrestling right. Inc was a thing also still in twenty eleven, but it just wasn't the same, you know. I remember uh-huh. watching this promo, so like I'm like. Now, keep in mind, this is, like, in the era where everyone hated Cena, right? Like, oh, God, another Cena, yeah. an R-Truth match. Like, why am I seeing Cena on my TV, right? And I think it was, like, right after Cap- Capital Punishment. So I'm watching this Cena and R-Truth match, and I'm just like this, like, so bored. And, <laughs> you know, the the CM Punk thing happened, and he just sat down, and he's wearing this Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. And I'm watching, and I'm like, yep. what the hell is Punk about to do? Now, keep in mind, I was always a big Punk fan. And then he just sits down like he normally does, and he just starts cutting this promo calling The Rock by Dwayne, and then he just starts going ham, saying, like, how much of a piece of shit company the WWE is, and then he calls, like, Triple H's doofus son-in-law and his idiotic daughter, and then he's just like, hey, maybe I'll win the championship and depend on New Japan Pro Wrestling, and shouts out to Coke Cabana. I'm like, what am I watching here? So I... So I think I might have done the same thing too right after that. And the and what the funny thing was too, they cut his mic off too. So then yeah. the way I don't even think there was like the lower third when they went off no. the air, it, it just completely it cut off. Yeah, so I remember fun, I did the same thing too. Like I was you know going online trying to like you know get as much information as possible, whatever. I remember the next morning it was all over the place. And what I mean by all over the place, it wasn't just wrestling news sites. TMZ was reporting it. World Star, yeah. remember World Star when it was a thing? Yeah. World oh Star had the clip on it. Hey, uh, wrestler CM Punk goes off the script. Like it was everywhere. And I even think like, I, I think you know, and I gotta give WWE credit to this too. They allowed CM Punk to do even interviews, like non-wrestling interviews, and in all these different like platforms. Crapping on WWE, so you got to give even WWE credit in that aspect too, because they went with it. They went invested on this whole angle where CM Punk was against the machine, and just kind of like what you said, the whole build to Money in the Bank. Even um, there was like this in-ring segment with Punk and Vince, where Punk is just like literally like destroying Vince on the mic, and the crowd was going nuts. Ah, oh, that whole build. That um, it, it wasn't Summer of Punk Ring of Honor, but it was. The closest thing you could get to it in the WWE form, I really enjoyed that summer with Punk being champion, and obviously it kind of ended kind of whack with the whole Kevin Nash shenanigans and then the Triple H stuff or whatever. But the, that like two three months was really really fun, and man, it just goes to show you that WWE had like you know your next Stone Cold with CM Punk, and they just completely dropped the ball and missed it. Yeah, yeah. Well, what else is new? <laughs> they have a history of doing that, but yeah, I agree. That that whole summer was just a freaking blast. Like, listen, like like you said, like you had to give credit to WWE there too for embracing it and going all the way. Mm-hmm. They gave CM Punk, you know, free range to right. say whatever he wanted, and then once he got a little too, you know, out of control towards the end, there <laughs> they cut his mic off, which right. I can't them for. Honestly, I'm surprised they didn't cut it off right after he goes. Oh, this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead. I can't believe he got that line out. Right. Um, pretty unbelievable stuff. And just a, a moment in time in the wrestling world that will always stick out to me. Like, that'll always be one of the top moments for me, like, yeah. ever being a wrestling fan. Because it's just something I'll never forget. And, you know, like, like I said, we're reciting lines from the promo. Right. Because that's how many times we've freaking seen it. Like, how many times can you recite a line from a classic promo? Right. Like, it was not- an iconic promo. And even non-wrestling fans or even fans that used to be wrestling fans before and then they kind of checked out, they watched that shit and they're like, holy shit, what the fuck happened? Did he really go off script? Like, I remember showing my buddy 
like the like the next day or maybe like a couple days after that promo. And I'm like, yo, check this out. Now keep in mind, he he knew he knew about wrestling. Like he was a big wrestling fan when he was like in his like teens or whatever. And at this point, I was like, what? This is going back what to ten years ago. So I was in my twenties. So I remember showing my buddy this. I'm like, yo, check this out or whatever. And he goes like. He's watching this. He was like, holy shit. Yo, you think this was scripted? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. I don't think it was. I know. I turned two, two of my friends who were casuals, too, who liked wrestling at the time. They don't watch it anymore, but they liked wrestling at the time. Uh, they would watch it. I turned them into, like, big CM Punk fans after, right. after showing them that promo. And it was just, like, some, the whole ice cream bar situation. Right. And just, you know, oh, it, it was so much fun. So it, it's awesome to reminisce on this because I miss CM Punk, obviously, you know. I, I do around. too. I do uh, miss him. Do I think he ever he's ever gonna come back? No, but I do no. miss him. I do miss him. And miss him a lot, yeah. And you know, a, a lot of people like to crap on CM Punk. You know, bitch him on like, oh, he turned back on wrestling and wrestling fans or whatever. I met him a good amount of times. I met him yeah. back in his Ring of Honor era. That's how back I go with CM Punk, uh, going back to his Ring of Honor days or whatever. But I've re recently last year for C two E two. No, not last year, because last year was 2020. No, yeah, right? Before, yeah, last before, year before the pandemic. Yeah, before, right? before the pandemic. Yo, I'm telling you, the whole pandemic era and stuff, it just feels, the pandemic era feels like another year, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, like January to March felt like, like, okay, that was one year, like, that still felt like 2019, and then COVID year happened, and that was just, like, a completely different year. I feel like that didn't even happen, like, in the same year. Like, March, January to March, and then the COVID era, like, different to me, but... When I was in Chicago, I got to chat up with CM Punk for a while. And he's still a great guy. You know, I, I say this a lot when it comes to CM Punk. You know, if it wasn't for CM Punk, I don't think we would have gotten the Daniel Bryan, Yes Movement, Yes Mania, Mania. Well, CM right. Punk played a big part in that. If Punk wouldn't have walked out, the Daniel Bryan situation would have never happened. So, you know, you, we got to give uh, credit to CM Punk in that aspect. Yeah, you're 100% right, man. He, he really paved the way. He literally, mm -hmm. uh, you know... Like I said, obviously it wasn't intentional, but right. a good thing came out of that. And, you know, like just like you were saying, too, I met Sam Punk a bunch of times. I had nothing but great experiences with the guy. Uh, you know, some people say different things about him. But the one thing I remember Sam Punk saying, and I don't know if he said it in an interview or he said it on Twitter, because I remember, you know, he's a big hockey fan. He was at a hockey game in Chicago. Coke Cabana's podcast. Coke, okay, yeah, yeah. He um he was online with AJ getting some food, and some guy behind him was, like, saying, uh, just, yo, punk, let me get a picture. And literally, he just shut him down. He's like, first of all, it's not how you talk to me. Right. Like, I'm a human being. He's like, if, if you see me out in public, you treat me with respect, I treat you with respect. And that really stuck with me, too. And, you know, I'm just... Like I said, just a really good overall dude. One of the, my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. All right, dude. It was fun reminiscing about CM Punk. But um, let's get into some stuff that happened recently. You know, some current stuff. We got some more releases. <laughs> I know. It seems like every every week or every other week at this point. I was having this conversation with the rest friends uh, this past week. And I, I mean no disrespect when I say this. And I'm not trying to belittle these towns a lot. Majority of these towns are very talented or whatever. But, you know, for the most part, they were all like the equivalent of C-list celebrities. Maybe you could be besides one or two here and there, maybe three. But, you know, they were, they were talent that... Not to their own doing, not to their own fault, but they weren't really used, you know, either to their full potential or they just kind of got booked 
Like, shit. I'll give you the list right now. So we got Fandango, Tyler Breeze, which, as a tag team, they had so much potential. Yes, they won the NXT tag titles in NXT. We had Killian Dane. We could, you know, go on with that one. Marina Shafir, which is uh, Roger Strong's uh, wife and also part of the MMA Horsewomen. Ever-Rise. Don't give a shit about them. Uh, Arturo Rujas. <laughs> I know a lot of people like the guy. I The guy wasn't for me. Uh, Tony Nice. Oh, my God. Davari, uh, Ariane Davari, that's uh, Sean Davari's uh, younger brother. The Bollywood Boys, Austin Gray, and Kurt Stallion. There was a writer that got released, too. We're going to leave that after we talk about all these releases because, oh, man, I plan on I plan on, <laughs> I plan plan on on giving a good amount of congratulations on that. But, dude, how do you feel about all these releases, man? Yeah, you know, it's sad, obviously, people losing their jobs. Right, right. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I you know, I don't even know, really, if you can fault WWE for this one. I mean, everybody who they cut was pretty much just, it was a lot of fat on the roster, you know. Guys just really doing a whole lot of nothing. Guys that they really don't need under under contract. And, you know, like I said, I feel bad saying that. I know these people are human beings and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But pretty much everybody was either a 205 Live guy or a guy that's been there for a while that really hasn't done anything relevant in, you know, the past five, six years. All right. Um, the only guy on this list that, you know, I feel sad about, but honestly, I don't even really, like, feel sad about it because, like, he had his good moments and I don't really think he was going to go anywhere else is my guy Tony Nice because right. he's a Long Island guy. I'm a Long Island guy. Um, but, like, the dude won the Cruiserweight title at WrestleMania in his home state of New York, New Jersey. Right. Like, it honestly doesn't get any better than that. Right. And after he dropped that title after holding it for a month, I mean, yeah, he had some really good matches, I guess, on 205 Live. But, like, where was he going? He never made it anywhere else. I don't even know if he was ever going to. So, like, why just keep him around to just – be on 205 Live where he's not seen where now he could go to like Impact. Mm -hmm. He could mm -hmm. he could go to I mean I don't know if you know maybe I don't know if it's a guy that AEW would sign. I I'm thought not you sure. were gonna, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go a completely different direction because you were like I, I, I don't know if he wants to go to Ring of Honor. I thought that's a <laughs> well, I thought that was the direction you were gonna go. I really thought that was the direction you were gonna go. You know, he could he could go to, you know, I don't know, MLW, NWA. I mean, there's plenty of places to work. So. Listen, man, he would be perfect for the best of the Super Juniors. Yeah, that too. Of course, yeah. And I think for NXT contracts, I think it's a little bit differently where I think it's a 30-day clause instead of a 90-day one. Yeah, I hope so, man. I mean, for 90 days for these 205 Live guys, I mean, just let them go out and work, you know? Like, it's just the most ridiculous thing. Another one, too, that I was pretty surprised about was uh, August Gray. Anthony Green. Listen, man, I know there's a lot of potential for Anthony Green. Um, I do. I think he's a good. Uh, he's an okay worker. Yeah, I just didn't get the get the. Uh, he he did nothing for me. Yeah, he I know. For me. I know he he you know he spent the uh, he was all over the Indies, especially in the Northeast, and I know he was popular in the independent wrestling scene. But for me, he did not. He did absolutely nothing for me. But you know, I just kind of want to backtrack and go back to the Tony Nese. So I've been following Tony Nese for years already, and then in the independents, I used to see him on a regular basis at House of Hardcore shows, also, like, mm -hmm. some other Northeast independents, and he has a really, really great look, even back then. And when he got, and when he got signed by the WWE, when it was, like, public and I was like, hey, uh, this was gonna be his last indie and get signed by the WWE, I remember, I think I was his, one of his last of House of Hardcore shows, and I remember watching this guy, and then I'm, and during his match, and he was actually, uh, having a match with my guy from the Dark Order, um, 
Alex Reynolds. He was having a match with him. That was his final match in the independence uh, scene for House yeah. of Hardcore, right yeah. before he went to the WWE. So I'm watching this match, and I'm looking at Tony Nese, and I'm like, man, this guy's so good. But you know what? I'm like, I would not be surprised if WWE drops the ball with this guy. Because while he has an amazing look, he's not really the greatest promo, right? I'm not saying the guy's right. terrible, but he's not a great promo. Tony Nese, I'm surprised they kept him in the Cruiserweight division. Because, yes, is he a little bit on the smaller side? Yeah, but he's like a jack dude. Like, I'm talking about he's really jack. Oh. So I'm surprised that they didn't, like, you know, kind of use that to, you know, the, to their advantage and be like, hey, let's book him in, like, other matches. Because, I mean, size-wise, he's bigger than Ricochet, body-wise. Yeah. Body oh, yeah. I agree. He is. Yeah. he's So th there's an independent promotion um, about 15 or 20 minutes away from me. It's called NYWC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with that promotion. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so many guys came out of that. John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Tony Nese was, like, one of the biggest guys there. Mm -hmm. And, um... Yeah, I was following him for years there. I met him a few times, and I great guy, his last, great guy. As, yeah, yeah, I remember he was. I was at his last indie show there. Um, probably not his last indie show, but his last show there. Uh, it was in 2016 for his like you know it was his farewell, and then he went to the WWE. And I just remember being there, and it was just it was a really sad moment because he spent so many years at NYWC, and it was just kind of like a graduation type of thing, you right? Know? Like he's going to the big stage. I remember being so excited for him and everything. And man, like I made sure at WrestleMania 35 to be in my seat for the pre-show to watch that match, whether he was going to win or not, right. uh, just to see him on that big stage there. It all came full circle. I've seen him wrestle at the Nassau Coliseum a few times, which has to be like so freaking cool for him as a Long Island guy. Mm -hmm. Like he, he, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be things to complain about. I'm sure he's upset and disappointed that, you know, his run came to an end this, this way. But, I mean, man, like, as far as a guy like him to have the type of run that he did in WWE and have those moments that he had, I mean, really, I mean, you can't really complain because I feel like he was given a lot more than I yeah. expected him to be given, you know? And, of course, they, they could have done more. They dropped the ball, I guess you could say, at the end of the day. But the fact that they gave him the Cruiserweight title, they gave him that big win at WrestleMania like that, you know, it was just, I'm, I'm grateful that he got right. those moments, and I'm excited to see where he can land next. Kind of adding on to what you just said, you know, him being with the WWE for, for the past couple of years, it, it brought a stock up. So now when he goes to, like, an Impact Wrestling or, or, or a Ring of Honor, hey, Sinclair, there's Sinclair money, you know, or an MLW, I, I do not see him in AEW. But I wouldn't be surprised if he pops up in New Japan and wants to get rolling, especially with some news that came out these past two weeks. They're going to be needing uh, more talent for their American brand because this is becoming a, a legit thing. So, you know, maybe he pops up there. Uh, I think the future is bright for Tony Nese. Kind of what you said. Did they use it for his full potential? No, but I don't think they, they did a terrible job with him because now his stock is up there. So wherever he goes, he's going to get paid. And he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, dude, absolutely. He, he 100% does. Like I said, a great guy, great dude. He even tweeted out after, too, after he got released. He said, you know, despite the fact that 205 Live was not, not watched by many, he said he he always went out there, busted his ass, mm -hmm. gave 110%, and he's like, I can't wait to be that type of employee for somebody else. And it just goes to show, like, the type of attitude the guy has is, is it's just amazing. So he's yeah. going to be a very, very valuable asset no matter where he goes. And I'm looking forward to that. But as far as the other releases go, like I said, I really can't say that I really cared about anybody else. The only reason, like I said, I brought up August Gray before was because I'm just surprised they released this guy. His career ended before he even started there. Well, I mean, they, they just signed him up, like not too long ago. Well, Anthony, you know, you could pair up Anthony Green and Kurt Stallion because they're revolved guys. So I feel yeah, like oh, they... Yeah. They kind of just got the contract with their association with Evolve. Like, it was just like, you're okay, right. you're part of Evolve, you're getting signed. Like, I feel like it was just one of those situations. They'll be all right. They'll, 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 
they'll, they'll go back Dude, to the indies. All these, all these people will be all right. Like I said, that's the best part about when this stuff happens. It's like, yeah, you could be upset. That, right. You know, they, they WWE release some of this talent. But if you're a wrestling fan, you watch every promotion. Like, why would you be upset? Because odds are these guys are going to pop up in, you know, somewhere else. And right. you end up going to be watching it anyways, you know? So, you know, it's like, I remember back in the day, I used to get so upset when WWE would release almost somebody that I liked. But now, it's just like, there is so many places to freaking work. And it's just... All these guys will land on their feet anywhere they go. Kind of going back to what you said a couple episodes back about that North American ladder match, how, like, little by little, <laughs> every every person that was in that match is completely gone. I think we're only left to Adam Cole and Ricochet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, that's pretty, that's, yeah, that's, really, that's one of my favorite matches ever. I know, yeah. it was such a great ladder match, bro. Oh, it's so sad, <laughs> like, nobody left, uh, but yeah, he, he's another one, too, that I'm not really shocked about, but, uh, Dude, we're getting you know, a fucking Sanity reunion in Impact, I'm telling you, bro. Yo, yes, yep, yep. <laughs> I'm telling 100%. you, we're getting a Sanity reunion in Impact. 100%, that, I, I see him going to Impact. <laughs> Alright. 100%. Oh, and I hate to be mean here, but I can give two shits about Everrise, bro. I don't care about oh. their stupid online show. I don't care about, yeah. like, even the little segments on NXT. I'm like, why are these guys even here? Dude, I, yeah, I couldn't care less either. I, I didn't even really follow it. I didn't, I can't even tell you I watched any of their segments. I've seen them all over social media and Twitter. People saying Everrise rules. I don't even get what that means. These guys looked like wannabe young bucks. They just, I don't know, they did jack shit for me. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, is it sad that they got released? Yeah, again. Right. Like I said, you yeah, don't want nobody to lose their, job. lose their jobs. But right. my goodness, I couldn't care less. Fandango and Tyler Breeze, not that it surprised me. It's like, all right, they weren't really doing much. Yeah, they, they recently wrestled. They had a match uh, recently on NXT TV. But I guess, I guess their longevity on how long they were with the company. And also, like, you know, look at Fandango. Like, the stop and go with him. He had a win on Chris Jericho at WrestleMania, which is questionable. But still, he had a win on Chris Jericho. And Tyler Breeze, man. You know, this guy's the only guy in the company that could say, like, I had the one and only match with Jushin Thunder Liger in WWE. Yes. And with Tyler Breeze, man, I feel like they missed the boat on him completely. Because when I saw him, I'm like, bro, this guy's like, this guy could be the guy where all the things you should have done with Dolph Ziggler, you could do it with this guy. And they yep. completely dropped the ball with him. It's sad, but at least, um, I guess... I'm happy that they at least won the NXT Tag Titles, even though I feel like they should have won the, the the World Tag Titles in, like, Raw or SmackDown, too. But, hey, at least they got an NXT Tag Title run. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, them selling merch and uh, a great showing for meeting greets, I think of these two, you know, when they do an independent or when they pop up in, like, Wrestling Universe or, in, you know, out here in uh, New York, I think they're going to be making a killing because uh, I can see a high demand for both of them. You know, they're, they're very likable guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, I, I don't care too much about Fandango at all. Me either. I'm more of a Tyler Breeze guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a Tyler Breeze type of guy. Fandango, literally, after that moment that he had at WrestleMania against Chris Jericho, and then the following night mm -hmm. on Raw after Mania when they were doing the Fandango stuff, that, that was really his peak, let's be honest. Yes, I yes. mean, after that, they did absolutely nothing with him. Uh, the segments with Tyler Breeze went SmackDown when they first did that draft and they yeah. split up the rosters a couple of years ago. Those um, fashion police segments were outstanding. Hilarious. I loved them. Me too. Uh, and I'm glad, you know, they, like you said, they won the NXT tag titles. But as far as Tyler Breeze go, I mean, this guy obviously didn't really do much outside of the fashion police stuff on the main roster. Mm -hmm. But, man, he had some great matches in NXT. Yep. 
he did, he really had a great run in NXT. I mean, really didn't win anything major, but like you said, Jushin Thunder Liger. He wrestled, you know, when he and when he came back to NXT, he wrestled Velveteen Dream at the twenty mm-hmm. fifth uh, anniversary show. He was involved. Um, it wasn't he involved in that fatal four way match with Sami Zayn, yep. Tyson yep. Kidd. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, yeah, like he was involved in some pretty cool things. Uh, so obviously NXT was his, you know was his big thing in WWE because, you know, if people don't watch NXT and they just watch the main roster, you'd probably skip over this guy and not even be able to totally forget who he is because he was barely seen. But if you're an NXT fan, Tyler Breeze is synonymous with NXT. So um, I don't know where he's going to land. I know him and um, Sean Spears have that school, Flatbacks mm-hmm. Wrestling School, so I'm sure he could be around there more often to, to train, you know, students and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe he'll pop up an impact or maybe, you know, AEW will throw him a bone and, and have him do something because, you know, obviously he's got that connection to Sean Spears. Right. I don't know. But, um, yeah, wherever he goes, I'm, I'm definitely interested because I like him a lot. I hope Tyler Breeze lets his hair grow out again. And while uh, he can't use uh, his theme, you know, obviously because WWE owns that shit, maybe he could, like, re-record it and change a couple lines here and there and kind of have, like, the same upbeat, like, house-type temple-type music. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. Like, I hope he still kind of keeps the gimmick, like going, you know, yes. and just make oh some God, that, that gimmick with this, with right, the, uh, right, right, the selfie stuff. Oh my God! Like, you know, he, like I said, he he was great. He really was. So I'm, I'm he's another guy that I guess you could put in the same category as Tony Nese when <laughs> it comes to like people that I'm excited to see elsewhere. I do. We're gonna we're gonna hand out a big congratulations here, not congratulations like, hey, you won something. We're gonna give a big congratulations. You played yourself, and I don't have the drops here because we're not in the studio. But um, I believe her name was Kenneth Mobley. Maybe I'm saying the name wrong, or maybe it's Sounds about right. Okay, so she's a um, apparently she's a stand up comedian, and she recently got hired for the Raw brand out of all brands uh, to be a, a writer. You know, um, for creative. Okay, keep in mind. She's not a wrestling fan, which a lot of people are crapping on her because she wasn't a wrestling fan. So she recently appeared on a podcast, and she openly admitted, while still employed with the company, okay, this is before she got released, she openly admitted that she wasn't a wrestling fan and called the WWE World Champion Bobby Lashley, Bobby Ashley, okay? I didn't really pay too much attention to this story until she got released. And when I found out that she got released, I started laughing. And, you know, this might sound like me being a dick, but, like, I have no sympathy for you losing your job. I'm sorry. And the reason why I have no sympathy is not even because you're not a wrestling fan. Like, you know, people get hired every day for something that uh, something that you're not uh, familiar with, right? And that's not just in wrestling. In everything, you know, sometimes, you know, you might get hired for, like, this management position. Now, uh, Let's say you worked in logistics all your life, and now you're working in a management position for, for something else that's not logistic-related, you know? Uh, you kind of just learn on the fly, and you keep going. So, like, like the concept of you getting hired for something that you know nothing about, it's not it's not a, an ordinary or anything like that. That's not why I'm giving her the congratulations. I'm giving her the congratulations while you're still employed by this company, right? And I'll, I'll probably give you a congratulations for calling the world champion Bobby Ashley, but that's not here or there. But I'm giving you the congratulations. What in your right mind? Keep in mind, you're a stand-up comedian, so it's like you got to be aware. You should be smart enough to know. Hey, maybe it's not a good idea for me to go on a public forum on a podcast openly saying, hey, I'm not a wrestling fan. Hey, you know, not knowing the product or anything like And you're working for the company. When you're right, my, like, how how much of a moron can you be? And I know some people are also saying, like, 
oh, the reason why people are giving her shit is because she's a female. Listen, if she was a dude, she would be catching it the same way. So it has nothing to do with her being a female. She's just a fucking idiot. She's a grade A idiot for doing this. What in the right mind made you go on a podcast and say this? And it's like you were asking to get fired. Maybe this is all a troll. Like Joey Janela was trolling some <laughs> some people earlier this oh, week. That's a whole other. That's another whole other story. But maybe this is, maybe this is just a troll from this comedian. But if she really thought, hey, me going on this podcast and talking about this was a good idea, yo, you're a moron. I'm sorry, and I have no sympathy of you losing your job. No, no, dude. I mean, that just goes to show how freaking clueless this woman is. I mean, okay, let's start from the beginning. She gets hired with no knowledge of professional wrestling. Honestly, not her fault, okay? That's on WWE for hiring somebody right. that knows absolutely nothing about the product. But yeah, she definitely did not help herself out or do herself any favors with going on a public podcast and basically admitting that you knew nothing. And she should have just left that Bobby Ashley thing out because, my goodness, was that cringe to the max. I could not even believe it. Um, I thought she was kidding for a fa- for, a, for at first. I was like, this can't even be real. Like she legit has to be joking here, right? And <laughs> she, was, she was not joking. Uh, but obviously, that just goes to show how clueless and unaware that she is. Mm-hmm. She probably has no idea that if I go on this podcast and I say anything that I want. She, she, she probably just doesn't think it's going to blow up. Like, that's how unfamiliar, obviously, that she is with wrestling. Mm-hmm. And she just doesn't realize that when you go out and say something publicly in an interview or anything, any big quote or anything huge that comes out of that is going to end up everywhere on the internet. You know what, dude? And, I, I feel like I feel like you're kind of trying to, a little bit, and maybe this is not your intention, but I feel like you're trying to clean it up a little bit with her, like how unaware she is. But listen, she's a comedian, so she works in the entertainment business. you got to have some type of knowledge saying, like, hey, if I go on this public forum and openly admit, hey, I'm not a wrestling fan, I'm not, you know, a, you know, aware of, like, the wrestlers, et cetera, et cetera, and you think that wasn't going to trend or, like, it wasn't going to get a reaction for people? Like, you're a moron. You're an idiot. No, no, yeah, listen, I'm definitely not defending it by any mm-hmm. means. Right. I'm just I'm just saying I. it's just crazy how clueless right. she is that she, you know, obviously went, went out there and said what she said publicly. But, you know, again, it's like, yeah, you, you obviously you want to crap all over her too and, and every, and, you know, like I said, everybody was, rightfully so. But I mean, we really have to crap on the WWE right. too. I mean, cra- I mean, they, they, she basically had the credentials that they wanted, <laughs> which you know was writing writing sitcoms or something like that, right? Like, like she yeah, something like, like that. She, yeah, I, I think like that. I, I could be wrong, but I think I read somewhere that she she actually wrote for uh, SNL at one point. I could be wrong on that. I mean, that's that's pretty big. That I saw obviously. No, she, right, right, and I'm not saying she, what does, she does right. Like, obviously. WWE wanted her, and she had everything that they want. When it comes to not having any knowledge of professional wrestling, I'll, I'll go out on record and say that I have applied for different jobs at WWE over the years just because I've always wanted to work for the company. And every single application I see online, when it says, you know, requirements or like, you know, under under that type of section, it always says having knowledge of the product is a plus. I don't know. <laughs> that completely went out the window when it came to this girl. Um, but I, it's just unbelievable how they, they like, anybody of that, like, caliber, and you don't even have to watch the product, you could still get hired by that company. And that, to me, is just absolutely 
I mean, just mind-boggling and scary as a fan. And you know what? The the kicker, the icing on the cake is that she got applied to be, uh, she got hired, I mean, to be a writer for the Raw brand, which... Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> which Monday Night Raw, let, let me tell you, like we have not talked about Monday Night Raw at all whatsoever. And we've done that purposely because the show is just garbage. It's a terrible show, minus like the RK Bro stuff. Besides that, the show is an awful show to watch. Dude, I haven't watched it in like three weeks, and I don't plan on putting it back on anytime soon because it's atrocious. It's a waste of three hours of your time. Well, speaking of waste of three hours... um. You know, uh, I, there's one thing I do want to mention about uh, Monday Night Raw, but you know what else is another thing that's been pissing me off about WWE, and this happened the, in the last week. First of all, Hell in a Cell, the pay-per-view, um, was it a, a bad show? No, but I feel like the whole show was just a waste of time. Like, I was watching it, and I'm like, bro, this show is just like, and it's not that it was a bad show, it was just like, it was just a waste of fucking time. Man, it, it sucks that the Hell in a Cell has been prostituted to the point where it doesn't even mean anything anymore. Like, we got one on SmackDown, we got one on Raw, and it's just like, what the fuck? You remember back in the day when the Hell in the Cell mattered? You bet. Remember back in the day, like, I was watching the, the, the Mick Foley doc on uh, A&E not too long ago, and they were talking about, like, the Hell in the Cell match or whatever that they had. And I'm like, man, this is when Hell in the Cell... Now, keep in mind, that was only the second match, uh, the only second ever Hell in the Cell match. But even, like, years after that, I felt like Hell in the Cell matches matter. And now... The Hell in the Cell has just become like a, 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 a prostitute. It became a prostitute. Like, you know, we're going to just throw one on a SmackDown. You know, we're going to just throw one on Monday Night Raw just to make uh, these companies feel better. And I feel like instead of making these networks, hey, we're going to give you this Hell in the Cell match too, you know, like not just on Peacock, you know, for the pay-per-view, but we're also going to give you the Hell in the Cell match. I feel like they, they could have went a de- another different direction. And also you could establish all this when you fucking sign this deal, you know, both for both networks. Like, hey, like, for example, on Fox, right? Instead of just throwing them in Hell in a Cell match on free TV, why don't you do this? Listen, this is the deal we have with Peacock, so this is what we want to do for Fox. Give us, like, a Saturday night main event, like, what we could do, like, maybe every three months or something like that, or every four months, or maybe we could do, like, four shows a year of a, a Saturday night main event exclusively for Fox, you know, mm-hmm. where we could balance things out between... Uh, NBC Universal and Fox. So now Fox, um, they have their own thing, right? And now NBC Universal, they have their own thing. Obviously, with Monday Night Raw and NXT, and then obviously the Peacock situation. I feel like they could have done something this in 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 a different direction instead of just just prostituting your pr- your product. That's what they're doing. The Hell in the Cell doesn't give a. I don't give a shit about the Hell in the Cell match. Let I'll even go on record and saying all the Hell in the Cell matches that. That, that we saw this past week have been like the worst Hell in a Cell matches I've ever seen in my life. They just, and it's not that the matches were bad, it's just there. I wasn't invested. They didn't matter. And they didn't need the sell. Yes! That's, that's the biggest thing. Listen, if, I mean, I, I know a lot of people were set, have been saying over the years, oh, matches in like four days is abs, not, not three, actually, four. There was, there, yeah, four, because it was two on the pay per view, mm-hmm. is just. I mean, my goodness, it, it is, I, I honestly don't want to see another Hell in a Cell match. If we if we didn't see another Hell in a Cell match for just, say, like two or three years, I wouldn't complain. Because I feel like this match has to go away for a long, long time. And then when the time is right, you bring it back mm-hmm. to, to get that special feeling again. Because right now, having this every single year, and like you said, getting as many as we got in the past few days... 
I mean, it's just, like, what are they doing? Like, do they just not care anymore? And I know that answer is probably yes. They just don't care anymore. But it really seems like Vince is just giving up. He just doesn't care. He doesn't want to make anything special, anything, any type of match, pay-per-view event. He just doesn't want to make it special anymore. He just doesn't care. It looks like he's just phoning it in right now and and just, uh, you know, really just like, like, like he's been for years. Just completely out of touch. And the pay-per-view, like you said, was a waste of time. Very anticlimactic. Like you said, was it bad? It was a terrible show. I'm not no. going go on record to say it was a terrible show. But it, but just, like it said, didn't matter. It's like, it, it just... It was a waste. It, it was a waste of time. Yeah, I feel like, like that what they should have done, I, they should have just skipped the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view altogether and just wait for money in the bank. Like, I don't care. Like, just wait. Like, who gives a shit if we don't get another paper for like a, a month, month and a half? Who gives a shit? Wait till money in the bank. Well, let's hope that, you know, since this was the last pay-per-view of the Thunderdome era, right. <laughs> that they start getting good now. I mean, I, I, you know, they haven't been bad in the Thunderdome. Like, the wrestling was has, was really, really good. Uh, like, listen, they, I'll they tell you, uh, when it comes to the Thunderdome era, I feel like Hell in a Cell was probably one of their weakest pay-per-views. Oh, yeah, along with um, along with Fastlane. Yes, yes. Those two, those two have to be the worst ones. But other than that, I thought the rest of them were pretty good for the most part. But I can't tell you how happy I am. But the fact that they're going back on the road now, we don't got to see these screens anymore. And I'm not going to say that these shows are going to get better, but at least, you know, with the crowds there, uh, it should definitely help these shows. You know, like if Hell in a Cell was done in front of a crowd, maybe it would have been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Doubt it, but maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, thank God we're getting past this. And uh, I mean, obviously, this would this is going off the. Um, off the, uh, you know, uh, off the topic a little bit. Not really, but, you know, Money in the Bank is one gimmick match that they have still made, you know, pretty good over the years. I well, mean, the, the match, got, the match, yes. Right, but, but the delivery, no, in the sense, like, that, yeah. you know, the pay-per-view, the match, yeah, it's been good, but the holder of the briefcase and what they've been doing yeah. with the briefcase in recent years, I feel like that briefcase has not mattered since when Dean Ambrose won it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm definitely with you on that. I agree. I just... I just don't think that gimmick match is dead because that's always no, it's something that's going to work mm-hmm. because, you know, it's it's a way to get somebody into a title match or winning a title and something like that. So that, that's one of the gimmick matches that they haven't oversaturated in the past few years because uh, besides that one year where they gave us two women's money in the banks because they screwed up the first one mm-hmm. and we, we got that one SmackDown, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, I mean, really just everything, even steel cage matches I could, I could do without seeing in the in WWE for a while. Uh, when it comes to ladder matches, that's like one of my favorite matches. Me but too. my god, the amount of the amount of ladder matches we've seen at NXT takeovers right. in the past like few months. I mean, I just feel like all gimmick matches should just go away for a while uh, and, and then come back when it's like you know when when we are dying for them again. Instead of extreme rules, be. they should just rename WWE regular rules. <laughs> <laughs> no different, nothing different. Uh, we have not talked about this. But you know what? I just want to mention it just for the simple fact that we've been getting all these releases, right? So we've gotten a plethora of releases for the last couple months, right? A lot of names have shocked us. Some names, you know, even the ones that we talked about today, we're like, okay, kind of makes sense. But I just want to put this out there. We got all these releases, yet for whatever reason, Eva Marie is fucking employed by the WWE. Oh. Where she provides nothing whatsoever to the product and i know some of you some of the wwe loyalists some of the wwe defenders the you know the the wwe uh, apologists will say well at least she's hot okay whatever she's hot but 
she brings nothing to the table. And I'm sure she's probably a great person, a great person to talk to. I don't know her. I have really nothing against her. But what I'm trying to say is she brings nothing to the table. She provides absolutely nothing to the product. Why is Eva Marie even employed? Like, why was the point of even bringing her back? Yet you're letting go of people like the Iconics and Mickey James. Like, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like, what's so special about Eva Marie? Like what? That she's attractive? She brings nothing to the table. But like, what? What's the end game? What's the end end goal? Like, she's just gonna end up getting released. Uh, at, it's only a matter of time. And, yep. And she's gonna go back to doing whatever she was doing when she was not in WWE, which is where, like, you know, I don't like I, said, I don't know what she was doing. I'm not really familiar with anything. But obviously, she's like a big enough star, right? In, in the world where she just obviously does not need WWE to, you know, be successful. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're thinking. And now having her with Dewdrop, not, not Piper Niven, Dewdrop is just, I, I, I don't get it. I really don't. I, I don't even like, I, cr I like Piper Niven. I really do. I have nothing against her, <clears throat> but I can't watch her on TV when they call her Dewdrop. Not she's me attached either. to Eva Marie. I, I can't. She, she's as unwatchable as Eva Marie when she's attached to Eva Marie. It's just, it's just, it's so cringe. It's so terrible. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's everything that the women's evolution is not like, like they made this whole big deal about the women's evolution all these years. Right. And they're bringing Eva Marie and somebody who screams a diva. Right. And it's like everything that they did with Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, Becky, this just seems like it's going backwards. And you know, and you know what? If she brought some, something to the table, I would get it. Like, listen, I, I've been on record on this show. I am not a Bellas fan. Like, I, I don't give a shit about the Bellas. But what I will say is they actually do bring something to the table. They actually yeah, respect yeah. the business. Like, there, there is a fan base, a big fan base for the Bellas. So I get when WWE does business with the Bellas, even though I'm not a fan of them. Like, I understand that. But Eva Marie, it's like she... Does she even have a fan base? Like, I don't even think she has, like, a strong enough fan base, kind of like the Bellas. Like, there's no way. Like, I feel no like when, every time I see Eva Marie trend or anything, you know, every if there's something going on with her, I feel like it's always negative. Why? Why even, you know, be part of this world if everything you, you, you bring is just negative? Like, nobody's invested in Eva Marie. No, no, I, like, you're right. Like, you know, you got they got the Bella Army. Everybody's behind the Bella Twins. And I don't see any... Any support, really, for Eva Marie. No. I really don't. I don't know how, who could like her because, she, like you said, she just brings nothing. She adds nothing. She, she can't talk. She can't wrestle. So why are you in a wrestling company? Why are you in the wrestling business if mm -hmm. you can't do either one of those two things? Right. So, uh, But, and again, this is just goes back to when we're talking about with the writer. It's like, it's also on, I mean, it's really, if you want to say. It's on WWE. It's on the WWE, yeah. Right. Like honestly, you could even say like Eva Marie, like we shouldn't even be shitting on her because hey, if if, if she right. gets employed by WWE for not knowing how to wrestle, you're gonna I take the money regardless. Her, right? Like she's making the money, she's mm -hmm. not gonna say no. They Absolutely. want her back. They contacted her. They want her back. She's back. But it's more so in the WWE for giving her the opportunity to go out there and not wrestle, right? And just get away with it and make all this money when she really. Probably doesn't even deserve it. Nah, you're right, dude. You're you're right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, as much as, like I said, I have really nothing against Eva Marie. Like, I'm sure she's a great person to talk to. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to shit at on the person, Eva Marie, you know. Right, right. But it's just what we're getting on the WWE product. It's just garbage. Like, why is she even on my TV screen? Okay, so let's move on. Edge returned. That's great news. He, he has a really dope shirt now. <laughs> I plan on getting that <laughs> soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. He attacked Roman Reigns. 
And it looks like we're getting that match at Money in the Bank. Um, I think they made the announcement yesterday that we're going to get this match at uh, Money in the Bank. Roman Reigns, Edge, I'm sure the match is going to be great. But, you know, there was an interesting rumor that came out this week also that we might potentially get Seth Rollins and Edge at SummerSlam. So, what do you think? Seth Rollins could potentially cost Edge the, this match? What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they book this because um, when I saw that they announced this match, I was like, oh, he, like... Like, it's fine. It's cool. Like, I'm totally down to see a one-on-one match because mm-hmm. we didn't get to see that at WrestleMania. But, like, Edge is obviously losing this. So, like, how are they going to work around that? Like, was he going to lose clean? And then... Uh, well, I feel I like guess... they booked this match also because they needed a big main event for their return to fans. Like, post-WrestleMania. Like, Money in the Bank. They're trying to... I feel like they're going to book this card strong, rightfully so. Because, you know, their fans are coming back or whatever. So, they needed a match. And there you go. There, there, There's your match. There, there's your match on the marquee. Edge versus Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah, definitely, no doubt. Like I said, I'm looking forward to the match. It's just going to be interesting to see how they how they work around the the booking of this and and how it ends. And yeah, I I think with the rumors of the potential Seth Rollins match at SummerSlam, I think he should get involved here. I think I feel like the only way to really get to that is to have Seth get involved in this because obviously Edge is gunning for Roman Reigns. That's the only thing on his mind. Universal title. He wants to win back the championship that he never lost. Well, you know. You get you get talk about the right. world title right, that right, he right. never lost, and um, I think the only way to really pivot to a Seth Rollins program where you know Edge completely just doesn't care about the world title is to have Seth cost him the world title right. so he he can take care of Seth in his quest in his journey in his path to becoming the world champion once again. Um, and let me tell you, I am all for Edge versus Seth Rollins. I I. Literally wanted to see that match when uh, Edge came back, with, when he wasn't cleared, obviously, but he came back to that one segment, right? Oh, yeah. Seth Rollins. Yeah, with um, Seth, like, had, yeah. I think it was, what was it, like a chair or, like, his foot on yeah. Edge's head or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, ever since then, I've, I've been looking forward to that match, and I hope that in the build to that, that they do a callback to that. I, I hope so, too. That would be dope. History. That would be yeah, dope. But, uh, but instead of going off, off the track here, as far as Roman Reigns and Edge goes, it's great to see Edge back. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the match. But I think, like I said, the interesting thing is going to be how they book the ending of this. Three more things on WWE and we'll move on from, from WWE. Uh, Samoa Joe, he's back. He's back with WWE. He's on the NXT brand. He's like the enforcer. And we're seeing him get a little bit physical. Nothing, nothing too crazy like being in a wrestling ring. But, you know, there's speculation now where... Maybe they're still trying to work on him getting cleared of at some point. I, I do like seeing Samoa Joe on WWE TV, especially in this role, um, being the enforcer for William Regal and kind of taking charge. And I also like the little teases that we're getting with him having like face-offs with Karen Cross and Pete Dunne or whatever. It kind of gives you a sign of hope. Like I said, it, it just makes you think like, okay, WWE is probably working on you know eventually getting Samoa Joe clear and. Maybe we'll get him, maybe not in a full-time role, him having matches, but maybe like in a part-time role, like have a match here or there uh, for the NXT brand. So how have you been feeling on Samoa Joe's return and how they've been booking him in NXT TV? I like it. I really do. I know a lot of people were hoping to see him in AEW or see him back on Impact. Um, but, you know, clearly he's not cleared still to wrestle. Okay, I mean, that that's... That has to be obvious at this point. I don't know what the injury is. I really don't. But clearly, he's not in the capacity to to wrestle. So, if that's the case, why even bother? You know, not going back to the WWE if they want you back in that in this type of role, right? Like, if you're not going to be wrestling for AEW or Impact, like, like there's just, just no point really going there, right? And why would they hire them hire him too if you know he's not going to wrestle? 
Um, so I think this is perfect. I Samoa Joe's role right now is hilarious. Dude, I can't tell you, I laughed my ass off when uh, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are <laughs> yeah. backstage and they're brawling and a Samoa Joe comes in, tries to break it up. Adam Cole shows him away. He seemed like and... a dad. Like, he seemed like a dad, like, breaking two yep. brothers, like, breaking his kids, you know, from fighting or whatever. He just yoked up Adam Cole. Oh, my dude, he choked him out. It was, dude, it was hilarious, bro. Like, that, like, after that, I was like, okay, I am completely sold on Samoa Joe's, um, you know, new role here in NXT. And as long as we get to keep William Regal, too, because I did not want to see yeah, him me go. Either. I really, me he's like the best trail manager I've seen a wrestling in like a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad he could still stick around. And it's just, it's perfect. And it looks like to me that they are teasing an eventual Samoa Joe carrying cross match. So maybe he, maybe he is cleared to do a match right. here and there, but they're just saving a big one. I don't know. Listen, but, man, um, if Sting could get cleared, anything's possible. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you're right. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I really do. We we did a, uh, I was going to do a, say a Facebook Live. We did an IG Live after NXT TakeOver, right? And you, not that you were negative on the TakeOver, but you were, you know, you were just like kind of whatever. It was just there. It was just a show, whatever. But um, since TakeOver till now, there's been like a lot of negative, I guess, like backlash towards, I don't know if you've been seeing this, but like there's been like a, a good portion of negative backlash towards Karrion Cross because uh, I guess the way he was booked for in that uh, in that Fatal 5-Way, I think the Fatal 5-Way did him justice in the sense like now we know, we've established Karrion Cross is a top heel in NXT. I think it was the right move from NXT booking the way they booked the Karrion Cross in this match because they kind of booked him like Lesnar. You know, he was like uh -huh. out in portions of the match and he was and when he got in, he kind of just dominated everyone. So if the the goal was to establish him as the top heel of NXT, I think they did a great job. But you know how fans are, you know how the Peckerheads are like, oh my God, he you know, he can only do like three moves. Oh, he's not even that much of a great wrestler. Like I don't feel that way about Karrion Cross. I, I think he's a uh, is he is he compared to, like, the four guys he was in there with the ring? Like, is he the same caliber as them? Absolutely not. But I don't think he's a horrible worker. I think, um, you know, he plays his role very, very well. I'm glad that they finally established him as a top heel in NXT. And what I will say is, man, they did not do his entrance justice on main event. Granted, I know nobody watches main event. But just the fact that they, you decided to put that out there, like um, having a match, I think he had a match with Sean Benjamin. His oh, entrance yeah. on main event looked like a video game. <laughs> like yeah. 2K. Yeah. That's what it looked like. I was like, is this even real? But then they showed the close-up on Karrion Cross. I'm like, wow, this is like anticlimactic. Like, what the fuck are they doing? Um, I don't know who, who made the decision of even putting it out there. I know it's not a big deal because it's on main event, which nobody watches. What's your thoughts on this whole Karen Cross, like, I guess, like, backlash that he's been getting in the last two weeks? I mean, I, I understand it, um, but at the same time, like, see, you hit the nail on the head. Like, he's he's obviously not the same caliber as a Johnny Gargano or an Adam Cole, um, but he he fills his role. Like, he is that type of guy. He's like a Brock Lesnar, okay? Like, he's just gonna go in there, and he doesn't have the best technical a uh, wrestling skill, but he's going to go in there. He's going to dominate you. He's going to throw some suplexes around. He's going to be a hard hitter. Uh, and, you know, that's just the type of role that, you know, he's made for. I mean, this guy's got the look. He's got Scarlet. He looks like a million bucks holding the championship. Uh, he looks intimidating whenever, you know, he's up close in person with somebody. That's just, that's how, that's who Karrion Cross is. And, you know, he's not, everybody's going to be a great 
technical wrestler like a Finn Balor, like an Adam Cole, you know? But I feel like he he does fine for the role that he's in right mm-hmm. now. And I think he's going to be a massive star on the main roster. I, I really do. I feel like he's definitely a Vince McMahon guy. Yep. I, I'm surprised that um, Vince did take one look at him and bring him up right you know, already. Right. I know they're probably testing it in the waters on main event a little bit, which, by the way, if they are testing it and that's what they plan on him being oh, without Scarlett and just walking out there, uh, the way he did, he looked like a lost puppy. What a generic creator wrestler entrance he got on yes, main event. Yeah. And I get I it. Mean, it's main event. We shouldn't right. really put much thought into it because nobody watches main event. But when it came to this carrying cross entrance, a lot of people watched it and a lot of people crapped on it. Yeah, I'm, but like, you know, I guess they don't really care because I don't even think main event's on the network. I think it's on Hulu. Right. But like, you know, like obviously those shows, right, like still exist. Main event, right. like they tape it before raw whatever like that so obviously it still exists wouldn't you want to like right. just make something like 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 give carrying cross the nxt entrance on main event so maybe that people will tune in to watch the show you know mm-hmm. like like that's the same thing with 205 lives nobody's watching it right and i don't even know what they could do to get people to watch it but at least if they put some creative effort into something good happening on one of these shows maybe they'll get somebody to tune in here and there you know right like they just don't even they just don't put any effort they just don't try they don't try no so why why should anybody else care about watching that show right you know so um i I would love to see the numbers for 205 live (laughs) main event things like that i would love to see how many idiots are on there actually watching that week to week i I really i'm very curious what what's the over under the the viewership of main event do you think it's higher or lower compared to ring of honor Compared to Ring of Honor, um, probably on the same scale. I'll be honest. Oh wow, wow! You're you're giving the Ring of Honor kind of a, a, some some traction there, huh? Yeah, well, it's not saying much. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh my God, Ring of Honor. This is our week. Our weekly shit on Ring of Honor. Oh God. Okay, Carmelo Hayes, formerly known as Christian Casanova. Are you familiar with this individual? A little bit. A little bit. So this past week on NXT, Adam Cole came out with his terrible generic music. I don't know why he doesn't undisputed era theme, but that's uh, another conversation for another day. So he comes out, uh, he gets on the mic saying that he's not going to have this match, blah, 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 this, this, and that, whatever. He craps with Kyle Riley, and then out comes Carmelo Hayes. For those that don't know Christian Casanova, because I, I, I still like to call him his uh, indie name, uh, very talented dude. He you know made a, he made his rounds on the Northeast or whatever, but now he's known as Carmelo Hayes. So he comes out, he has a quick little back and forth with um, Adam Cole, and he drops the the infamous ruthless aggression line from John Cena's debut. Yeah. I thought it was a nice little uh, icing on the cake with the slap, and then they had a, a really, really good match. Um, I see a lot of potential with Carmelo Hayes, but then again, you know, hopefully he doesn't get fired, because WWE has this routine where they just hire guys, and then months later they fire him. So hopefully that's not the case for Carmelo Hayes, but... I like the delivery. I enjoyed the little wink and the nod, the little tribute for John Cena. I was cool with that. I thought it was great. I thought the match was great. You know, I applaud all parties. I thought it was cool. But once again, like always, the Peckerheads did a little post, you know, kind of, you know, you have the screenshot of Carmelo Hayes and Adam Cole, and then you get the screenshot from Kurt Angle and John Cena from back in 2002. And this is going back, not Thugonomics John Cena, not Hustle Loyalty Respect John Cena, not Never Giving Up John Cena, not Fast 9 John Cena. I'm talking about generic tights, awkward walk, jacked. 
terrible haircut, John Cena, okay? This is before anyone knew that he was going to become the global phenomenon he is today. And people were crapping on it. Oh, Carmelo Hayes is nowhere near like John Cena. Oh, not even close. Why are you comparing him? It's like, dude, the, the man just said his line. The ruthless aggression right. line. It was a wink and a nod to John Cena. It was a throwback. It was a, it was a tribute to John Cena. Nobody's saying that Christian Casanova's John Cena. But this is wrestling fans in a nutshell. Like, this is why, like... You know, we can't have anything cool or, or like, we can't just, nobody can enjoy anything. because everybody always rips things to shreds when things like this are not a big deal at all. You know, like, I mean, to, the fact that people were out there even talking about, <clears throat> oh, he's not John Cena. Oh, that line didn't work. Oh, I don't know why they did this. Oh, I don't know why they did this. Who cares? Like, I thought it was a cool callback. I thought it instantly made me invested in that match. And I think Christian Casanova has potential to be a big star. Yep. If given the opportunity, and that's always a big if. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as you know, that match with Cole, the whole segment, the delivery—I thought everything was awesome. Yep. I mean, really, like if 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 they plan on making him a big time star, this was definitely a good start. I mean, he's had some good showcase matches now. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who who he faced Kushida. a couple of weeks ago. Kushida. Oh, oh, Kushida. Yeah, of course. Yeah, which Kushida is spotlighting a lot of uh, the, the good young talent that just signed with NXT as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this guy is already on the right track, so we'll see where he goes. But as far as people getting offended on that, I mean, I'm not surprised. That's just wrestling fans in a nutshell. They got nothing better to do. Oh my God. I can't stand wrestling fans. All right. That's enough of WWE talk, bro. Let's move on to some more happier news, if you will. Ryan, do you know what's going to happen September 22nd? Yes. Yes, I do know what's going to happen on September 22nd. Why don't you enlighten the people and tell them what's going to happen September 22nd? September 22nd, AEW is coming to the Arthur Ashe Tennis Center. They're doing a Dynamite Stadium show. The first time that they're in New York. Okay, it's not New York City, obviously, but it's in New York. And New York City of Jays. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, right. It's, it's close enough. I mean, you can see the skyline. Right. Uh, Listen, when, when they do WrestleMania in Jersey and MetLife Stadium, they don't even mention Jersey. They say, like, oh, WrestleMania's in New York. Right, right. <laughs> so, I am super pumped. I, you know... So I'm a big Mets fan, and the city field where the Mets play is right across the street from this tennis center. So as a kid going to all these games, I always passed this this place, right? Mm-hmm. And I always thought it looked cool from the outside. Obviously never been there. I'm, I wasn't going to go attend a tennis match. Right. But the stadium is pretty cool. How I big never, How big is this stadium? Uh, it's pretty big. I don't know the exact numbers or how much it holds capacity-wise. I'm sure you can easily look that up. Right. Um, but if I'm sure you've seen pictures of it. Uh, from the inside, it's got a couple of, you know, different levels to it. So it's it's decently big. Like I said, it holds tennis. That's pretty much all that's ever really been there. I never would have thought a million years that it could hold a wrestling show. I, I It just never, like, crossed my mind as, as a building that could potentially host wrestling. But I think it's awesome. Like, I am super hyped. It's so unique. It's literally, like, going to be the coolest thing ever. I, I'm shocked it's not a pay-per-view. I'm a little, a little surprised that they're giving a, a dynamite there. That show is going to be massive. All right, so I'm looking it up right now, and it's saying the capacity is 23,771. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's what it's saying. That's, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty nuts. So, um, 
it's funny because when this news came out, I was like, wow, they're doing this dynamite on my birthday. So for those that don't know, my birthday oh, nice. is September 22nd. So I plan on re requesting off of work. I'm, I'm probably going to request that, that, you know, from Wednesday going forward, probably the rest of the week off. Because I actually have to go to a wedding later on that week. I'm probably going to do. I'm just going to request off. And I plan on I'm plan on being there, bro. I plan on going to dynamite on my birthday. Oh man, that's there's no better birthday gift than that. That's freaking awesome. So hopefully, um, you know, we'll catch up. You know, uh, I'm sure the yeah. Royal Ramble crew would be there. Maybe you know we could oh, yeah. uh, pregame a little bit and you know just enjoy wrestling. And depending on how the weather is, if it's not too hot, maybe, just maybe, we'll get the return of Penta Rated R. Ooh, okay, all right. Now you got me a little even more excited. See this online, but like, oh my god, you saw Pentagon again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah dude you gotta wait for the right moment to to uh bring that back and hey that that show seems like uh like a, like a, like a pretty good uh you know place it, it, it all depends on the weather because you know i don't want to have like yeah, makeup on and it's like fucking too hot and it's melting or whatever but uh yeah you know what's yeah. funny i was uh because the second i saw the joker mask i'm like dude i need this right so i you know i've been doing my research on it and uh i found the mask already so i'm like this might be the next mask Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> that, like I said, that couldn't be a one and done, man. Like you, yeah, have to do it again. It was epic. Oh my god! And just if you weren't there, yeah, people just don't understand it. But it was just oh, basically for everybody's listening, who's very confused right now. Mario dressed up as Pentagon at Full Gear in Baltimore in 2019, and let me tell you, literally like took a picture with him posted it online and people legit thought i met pentagon like it was that legit you know you could definitely find the pictures around but just so freaking good dude. yeah it was, it was great it was great i have fun um you know cosplaying as pentagon and you know he's reposted it uh, a couple people people have uh be like bro uh so-and-so tagged you on it and you know shout outs to nerds clothing because i was rocking uh the the pentagon jacket you know as uh cosplaying as pentagon it, it's just it's just fun it's just fun cosplaying as pent i'm a big penta guy so uh yeah, who knows? Who knows? If the weather's nice, if it's not too hot, if it's, you know, we get the nice little cool breeze, maybe I'll cosplay as, again as Pentagon and, you know, make a scene over there and, um, <laughs> and for this dynamite. Always cause the scene. I do. Yeah. Um, speaking of AEW and, and dynamite, I'm going to be honest with you. While I, I do enjoy watching dynamite, I feel like the state of dynamite, like as a whole in recent weeks, hasn't been all that great. Um, not saying that the show is unwatchable or anything like that. No, no, no. I still enjoy watching the show, but I feel like nothing big has really come out of these shows, even though I think Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega put on a banger last night. And, you know, just to go to show you, you know, much respect to Kenny Omega because he's still the best bout machine wrestling with multiple fucking injuries. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this, let me tell you, is incapable of having bad matches with anybody, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, of course, I knew once, once this match announced, I knew it was going to be a banger because I'm a huge, huge Jungle Boy guy as yeah. well. Like, yeah. I think that kid is just freaking awesome. Yep. He's got... <clears throat> one of the brightest futures in the company, along with, you know, guys like Darby Allen and uh, Sammy Guevara. MJF. You know, those three yeah. right there are the future faces of the company. Yep. But, um, yeah, as far as Kenny Omega goes, I mean, listen, you wouldn't even know he's injured. You no. know, like I said, he's still going at a very high level. And, um, you know, just hope hope he takes care of himself. But, like I said, he looks like the same Kenny Omega to me. It doesn't look like he's missed a beat. No, he hasn't. How do you feel about, like, the state of Dynamite in recent weeks? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, so I didn't watch, uh, the past two weeks, not, not, uh, I haven't really watched yesterday's episode either, I skimmed through it real quick, okay. um, but 
it's just, it's not like it's bad by any means. No, it's still I'm an just, enjoyable watch, a very easy watch because it's only two hours. But, like, I right. feel like nothing has mattered much on the show. No, it, it, it seems like they're just waiting to get back on the right. road to do cool things again because they, they did announce some pretty cool things that are coming up. Yeah. I'm excited for them to return to fans. But I just feel like, well, of course the time slots don't help, right? I mean, Friday nights, Saturday nights. I mean, listen, like, I'm not... You know, if I'm home, yeah, but odds are, like, you know, I, I've got stuff going on or, you know, it's just too late. And I don't know, like I said, it's it's not really been must-see TV. Right. Like, shows are still good, but nothing on there has been like, oh, my God, I'm dying, dying to watch this on Dynamite tonight. Uh, and also, too, it's the fact that, like, I'm just so over Daily's place at this point. Like, I like it's exhausting <laughs> watching shows in the same place for well over a year. It's just like the Thunderdome. I'm just... I'm tired of it. Like, I need a new setting. I need, like, yeah. And, and, yeah, I know that they've been bringing back fans, but it's the same thing every single week, the same backdrop. And I just, like, I'm over it already at this point. So do I still watch? Yeah, even though, like, I just admitted I haven't watched the past two weeks. But mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Like, right, I'm not, right. like, totally out of the loop like WWE. But, yeah, it hasn't really, like, done much for me because I'm just, I just feel like I'm drained uh, from it being in the same place. And also, too, it just feels like, like I said, they're just waiting to get back on the road for them to, to start doing cool things again. I just want to add add this to what you were saying because you just the second you said you know like yes I know they've been bringing fans it just reminded me of something real quick which when I was watching this last night I was just so mad I'm like I can can security or something tell this guy to fucking calm down or something I want people to that are listening to this just pay attention go watch uh, the Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy match if you're going to wrestling shows do not be like this jerk off the guy. That used to always pop up in all the NXT shows. The, the oh, big, tall, is. fat dude with the glasses that always wears like soccer jerseys. No, I'm not talking about Leo. Don't. <laughs> oh my God. Don't, don't be like this jerk off. Because this guy is the definition of how you shouldn't act at a wrestling show. This guy is terrible. Like, I, I don't understand why security doesn't tell this guy to calm down. Like, let me tell you something. If I was at a wrestling show. And this guy was sitting near me, or like I was in front or behind this guy. Trust and believe, I would cut the biggest promo on this guy and make sure this guy sat the fuck down. Like I just can't stand him. I cannot stand this jerk off. Uh, dude, I he I know he's no different than any these other idiots like the Brock Lesnar guy and um, all these other guys that think they are more of an asset to the business than they actually are. Always trying to find the camera. Always trying to, you know, get their face out there. Always trying to do stupid Ugh. antics and shit just to get the camera to, to go on them. I mean, yeah, th this dude is the definition of cringe. He's the definition of everything that's wrong with wrestling fans out Ugh. there. Um, it's, it's embarrassing. Yep. Like I said, I cringe every single time they show him on, on TV. And like I said, I, I just, he, he does the same thing every single time. He's at, he's at every show, too, which doesn't help too that's exactly what i'm talking about about Ugh. daily's place i have the same problem with nxt we've talked about it at length about how they got to get out of full cell university it's because the same fans are there every freaking week i'm sick of it mm -hmm. go on the road so that this guy does not go he's not there every single week uh yeah dude it's like i said it's cringe to the man oh god all right let's uh let's move on to some new japan stuff that's happening we got an announcement Shingo will be defending that world title against abushi at wrestle grand slam july 25th how do you feel about that Oh, I am super pumped for that. That's going to be awesome. I could honestly not think of a bigger and better main event at the moment to for a Tokyo Dome than that. I, I think that's going to be, an, well, obviously, it's going to be an absolute banger of a match. Um, but I'm super pumped for it. I have been so, 
out of the loop with New Japan for mm-hmm. so long now. Um, obviously, I watched Shingo and Okada, but before that, uh, I don't even, you know, the last thing I probably watched was Osprey and Shingo. And granted, there's not really much going on right no. now, so, like, you know, I'm not missing anything major. But, you know, we've talked at length before about how New Japan's in shambles, this and that. Um, but this is something that I'm obviously going to watch. And it's going to be interesting, though, because, you know, we talked uh, last week or a few weeks ago, whenever we talked about Dominion and mm-hmm. this title change, we said Dominion just didn't feel like Dominion, right? No, like, it, it didn't. didn't feel like a big show. Great main event, just... but everything was just lackluster. Right, right. They had the Ibushi versus uh, versus Cobb. That was, was a good, good match. That was a good match. Yeah. You know, and then they had a, a junior title match. You know, uh, everything else was just mad. Like, you know, Dominion used to be a stacked show. I am wondering what is going to happen at the Tokyo Dome too. Like, you can't half-ass the Tokyo Dome show. Okay, like, like I guess you could get away with the, the Osaka Joe Hall shows. I mean, even that's still a very big, iconic venue. But you know, it is what it is. The Tokyo Dome. Like, I just don't think you could half-ass a card for the Tokyo Dome. Like, like you're literally going to, like, ruin the value of, like, what a Tokyo Dome show should be. So, I'm curious to see what that card's going to look like. Um, like, I don't really know what any of, like, I don't want to say storylines, but, like, the booking, like, directions are. Like, I don't really know, like... Jay White hasn't even been around. Right. I don't even know. I mean, I assume he's not in Japan. So no, he's not in Japan. So, I don't know Japan. what the plan is to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they, uh, you know, what else they put on that card along with with Shingo and um, and Ibushi. But I'm glad they ended up, you know, rescheduling that yeah. show because uh, you know that that was one that I was looking forward to. A lot of people could have mixed feelings on them doing two Tokyo Dome shows a year. Um, yeah, I get it, but at the same time, I always get excited for a Tokyo Dome show. I so. personally don't mind it. Just for the simple fact that we're still, like, not quite there. Like, we're right at the tail end, if not the tail end of this COVID era. So, like, even with Wrestle Kingdom this past year, like, while it still was a, a, a two great shows, the show wasn't at full capacity like they normally had in previous years or whatever. And there were still, like, some guidelines that, that the crowd had to follow or whatever. So, for, you know, it, it, for this year, I guess, you know, them doing another Tokyo Dome show, I, I don't mind it. Like, I think it's cool, whatever. You know, for future reference, you know, about this July 25th uh, Tokyo Dome show, you know, Russell Grand Slam, that's almost at the same weekend as GCW Homecoming. So be prepared, drink your Red Bull, because we're not sleeping. Yes. We're not sleeping oh, whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I did notice that, too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be in AC for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, uh, I don't know what time that's going to start, but <laughs> on our we're gonna be watching it, watching it live, like because, a, like a couple of assholes, <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of marks. And uh, we watch Matt Cardona and Nick Cage. We're about to stay up to watch versus <laughs> Listen, we'll get some food, we'll get some drinks going, and yeah, we'll be all right. Yes. We'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, more on the New Japan front, they also announced the Summer Struggle Tour. They're going to start off with two big shows, July 10th and July 11th. And the only reason I'm bringing those dates up is because, you know, since we're still, like like I said, we're still like on that tail end COVID era or whatever, there's a lot of these shows that only have Japanese commentary, and there's uh, some of these shows that have, you know, the English commentary too. And for these two shows, we're going to get English commentary. So I expect these two shows to have a decent card as well. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, they got a lot of big events coming up, so... I don't know, like I said, uh, what the status is of some of these guys. Like like we just mentioned, Jay White. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would love to see John Moxley get back there. Yep. You know, I mean, obviously, they had his baby now. So, I don't know how long he's going to have AEW for. But um, I'm just, I, I feel like he's destined to return to New Japan at some point. Yep. And I don't know if it's going to be for, for these shows. But, 
uh, you know, it's going to get interesting. Like I said, I, I, I just don't feel like they can really phone it in with these cards. I mean, these are some big shows coming up. Like, yeah, Dominion came up pretty quick, and obviously they didn't expect a Will Ospreay injury. And, and then, of course, you know, Wrestle Grand Slam getting postponed. So, like, I'll give them a pass on not putting a big card together for the Dominion show because it just it happened at a bad time. Right. But these shows coming up, I mean, they, they, they should whip up some of their, you know, some of Gato's magic and really make these cards fun because I, I – I miss watching a stacked right, me too. New Japan me show. Too. Like it's just been too long. Especially I mean, when we were talking, we were reminiscing of past Dominion uh, shows where it was like such a stacked card, and I think we went on record saying the the Dominion that Kenny Omega won the IWGP World uh, World Title against uh, Okada. I think we mm-hmm. said that that was like one of the best Dominions we've ever seen. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That mm-hmm. that's that's that stands out to me as yep. one of the best wrestling events I've ever seen. Yep. And you know, we we're just talking about at the beginning of the show, CM Punk's pipe bomb promo as being like one of the top wrestling moments. Like ever since you've been a wrestling fan, like if you can name f- like five moments that really stick out to you that like are always going to be memorable and special, and like you're never going to forget. Mm-hmm. One of those moments for me is that night, well, mm-hmm. that morning where Kenny Omega won the IWGP. <laughs> World title, so yeah. That, if that, I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, that year when we did the Luchis, I think we, I think I had uh, Dominion ranked like one or two like pay per views of the year. I think I want to say it was two, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. but it was up there on my list because I enjoyed that show so much. Yeah, dude, it was it was awesome. Like I said, with the Young Bucks winning the titles mm-hmm. too. Uh, everything was just, it was just like a huge culmination of like, you know, obviously the Kenny Omega and uh, right. Okada rivalry. Obviously, that's one of the best rivalries in mm-hmm. all of wrestling. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that really stands out to me as one of the best ones. But even so, like, even like a- every Dominion that I've watched over the past few years, 2016, 17, yeah. 18, yeah. Uh, you know, like they've all been good. And then, of course, you know, uh, 2019 was was where it started going downhill. We but but even 2019 Okada. still had that. 2019, because that was Jericho and Okada in the main event. Even yeah. with 2019, that still had the aura of a Dominion. Yeah, it wasn't right. like it right. still it wasn't as great as the previous Dominion, but it still felt like a, like a big show. That's what I'm trying to say. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And then of course, uh, I'm not gonna crap on them for 2020. That right. was just a shit show. Obviously, they came back. And they did uh, New Japan Cup into right into Dominion like that, so I'm not going to fault them for that. And I guess you really can't fault them for them for this year either. Like I just said, they they kind of fell. They kind of just nothing seems to be going right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's hope you know they get back to doing the shows that we know that New Japan can do. Speaking of getting back, and speaking of New Japan, New Japan also uh, made another big announcement. Uh, I believe like a week or two ago that they're going to have this show. At the L.A. Coliseum, at the Torch in the L.A. Coliseum, called New Japan's Resurgence. Mostly, it's gonna be like I guess their their other brand, which is New Japan Strong. So you're gonna have Jay White there. You're gonna have Tom Lawler there. They announced Sean Moxley, the return of the Good Brothers to New Japan because they're also doing yeah. this tag uh, team tournament in New Japan Strong, which the Good Brothers are gonna be involved. Uh, Hukuleo, I'm sure they're gonna make more some more announcement. I believe Chris Dickinson is also announced for this show. So listen, the Forbidden Door is wide open, which means. Guys like John Moxley, guys like the Good Brothers that are signed by other companies, they're going to be part of this New Japan show in L.A. Yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. I mean, I hate the fact that they cater so much to California. Because, right, you know, right. I'm it, just jealous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, California's a big market for New Japan. <laughs> yes, yeah. I big know. market. I, you know, it's obviously if you're going like you know, to Japan or Japan right. to the United States, like L.A. is like the closest place for, like in the U.S. like from Japan. So, like, that's also another reason why they go there all the time. Um, but I'm jealous because they get to see – well, they've gotten to see some pretty cool shows over the years. Right. And, um, 
you know, this looks like a an event that I would definitely be all in to go to because right. uh, it seems pretty cool. So especially the return of the Good Brothers in New Japan, ooh, mm-hmm. I've been waiting for that for a while. And, you know, I'm waiting for them to actually get to Japan. But uh, I, I'll roll with this for right now. So it's it's good to see that back. They also did announce that uh, New Japan Strong, the tapings, uh, and I think we, we've even discussed this before, like how they would do the tapings, but they're going to start allowing fans to attend these tapings too. So if I had to take a wild guess, I feel like they're going to go like the Ring of Honor route where they're like, you know, they'll announce this show or whatever when they'll put tickets on sale and they'll probably, like, knock out, like, four tapings, like, in one shot. I feel like that's what they would do if, I, if you know, if I had to take a wild guess. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, too. Yeah, I, obviously, I've watched New Japan Strong um, ever since the, the John Moxley versus Kenta match. Mm-hmm. But, obviously, New Japan Strong is kind of like, uh, I mean, they're, they're de- developmental. It's developmental to a certain extent, but then they also have, like, you know, they have, like, top guys like Kenta and, they you know, do, Jay yeah. White and... Yeah. And John Moxley was on there, you know, and Chris Dickinson, like, listen, uh, for those that are not familiar with Chris Dickinson, like, yo, watch his match. Like, this guy is not, like, some newbie. Like, he's been putting in work for over 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that'll be cool, too. Like, like I said, L.A. just seems to be getting everything when it comes to New Japan. So, uh, very, very jealous of that. But, yeah, dude, it's just, it's just awesome to see the world coming back. Like, literally, like, everything, even... Even Impact is going to have fans for for Slammiversary uh, in a yep. few weeks. So, yep. uh, yeah, every every wrestling show is getting back to to you know events with with fans again, which is a, a great thing to see. Yeah, man, we're we're really starting to hit hit you know that normal point again. You know, every day I see less and less masks. It also depends where you're going to. Like you know, if you're going to the hospital, yeah. obviously you're going to be wearing a mask. But you know, like even in a lot of these going to stores anymore. Like I was in Walmart yesterday. Did I see people wearing masks? Yes, but I also saw people not wearing masks. So uh, you know, we're starting to hit to that point where kind of like what you said is kind of your own judgment call. And like, all right, if if there's no guidelines and there's no, uh, like, listen, you need to, when you come to this establishment, you need to wear a mask. If you don't see that, then it's pretty much your choice if you want to wear a mask or not. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, like, you know, certain places, it might be a respect type of thing. You yep. know, if, if everybody else is wearing it, you, you know, if unless you're an idiot, you know, mm-hmm. you'll wear it and respect the other people. Right. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, dude, it's like nobody asks, you know. Everybody just kind of nonchalantly just walks in without one here and there and, you know, like I said, if you're vaccinated, you you shouldn't have to worry about wearing one, and that's the whole point of getting vaccinated. So, yep. uh, I'm not let's not turn this into a right, 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 right. You know, <laughs> we're not preaching, you know. No, no, no. Here, but um, yeah, it's just like you said, it's it's great to see it, and for us too. Yeah. Obviously, big wrestling fans who live for going to these events, you know, this is this is what we've been waiting for. One last thing, and we're done, dude. By any chance, did you get to watch the China documentary? Oh yeah. Oh, bro, what the fuck, man? Yo, let me tell you, the director, I forget what his name was. I think his name might have been like Eric or something. And then the piece of shit manager of China. What the hell was his name? Um, Fuck, I forgot his name. Yeah, I forgot his name too. Oh, what a yo! Those two, I wanted to fucking just strangle him and like, oh, like just beat them up. Like, God, this. First of all, shout outs to Vice. They put on. One hell of a documentary on China. The good, the bad, the ugly. It's a sad story. And, you know, just watching the documentary, China really got dealt a bad hand in life. Even with her success, it's very unfortunate. It's a very unfortunate story. And it's, you know, how can you not have sympathy for China? It's, yeah, it's it's so frustrating. It's sad. It's disappointing. It's, and, you know, I remember when she passed. I remember, uh, you know, 
that night when I saw that on, you know, uh, when it started coming out, the news coming out that she passed away. And I was just like, oh, like I was so upset because of I know what she's been through and, you know, trying to just get closure from the WWE, you know, like just, you know, that again, she just got dealt such a bad hand. It just never really fully mm-hmm. recovered and got back to, you know, her happy self that she was, you know, at one point. Right. And I remember, too, um, I'll never forget, you know, I'm not a fan of him by any means, but this is where I kind of had some respect for him. Vince Russo on his podcast. Yeah. Went yeah. On a he loved long, China. He loved like, China. Oh, yeah. They were like such good friends. And he was crapping on Vince and Steph and Hunter and just the way they handled the whole situation. And then, of course, you know, Triple H and Steph putting out the statement on China after she passed too, which obviously was, was a nice thing to do. If they ignored it, they would have gotten a lot of backlash for it. But they still got some backlash for, for saying something because obviously, you know, we just know the history between right. all of them. And uh, like I said, I, I it's one of the, the most, I mean, you guys say it's about a lot of things in wrestling because right. a lot of things are sad when it comes to people either passing away or not having good relationships here and there. But this is one of the most saddest stories in, not just in wrestling, but in life. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know? And the guy's name is Anthony. That was the dude's, uh, China's manager. Oh, wow. What a piece yep. of garbage. I'm telling you, him and the director, they were, they were just using China. It's just, it's depressing. It was a very depressing watch, man. And Yeah, yeah. Like I said, she just got a, a dealt a, a rough hand in life, even going back to like her childhood and, and just everything. Um. It's unfortunate. It's a sad story. Um, you know, she was a trailblazer when it came came to the wrestling world. It's just, it's sad. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like she just wanted to be loved. And while she did have love from the fans, you know, but... It just wasn't enough. It know? wasn't enough for her. They were still like that yeah. void. And when it comes to like the whole Triple H situation, and this is going to sound like I'm kind of like defending Triple H here, but like life happens, right? Life takes you in so many different directions. So I don't fault triple h in the in this extent like oh you cheated on china you got with stephanie whatever now don't get me wrong he right. could he could have handled things differently or whatever but i don't i don't put all the blame on triple h when it comes to china's downfall if that makes any sense yeah i don't yeah. I, I don't i don't i don't want to do that we we make mistakes in life or whatever and i'm sure all of us could go back and be like yeah i could have handled that a little bit differently and i'm sure triple h said he's a human so i'm sure you know the whole china situation he kind of looks back at him like maybe i should have handled that uh differently or whatever i'm I'm sure like deep down inside triple h still has love for china you know not obviously it's yeah i mean i feel like he has to right you know he's got he's got too much He's got too much history there, you yeah. know, with her and everything. So, I mean, I'm sure he does. Obviously, nothing he could do about it now. Right. And, you know, but that just goes to show, like, just never, like, like, don't wait too long to either, you know, make up with somebody yeah. or just, you know, and like I said, life is too short. And you know? mm-hmm. I think this is just the moral of the story. Like, it's just, and if, if, if this story taught us anything, it's definitely that lesson. It's just like, you know, life's too short to, to just hold grudges on people and things like that. Mm-hmm. And. That's basically what WWE did for the yeah. longest time, and you know that's what led to her. Just because she fucking Sad. did porn or whatever, yet you have Sonny in the Hall of Fame and you have murderers in the Hall of Fame. Right, right, yeah, uh, exactly. She she did nothing to the extreme like that. I mean, literally, it would like it, ugh, dude. I, I get so frustrated talking about it. I really do. You know what? You know what? I did get educated on watching this China doc or whatever. Like I was. 
I read on it, but like I was very unfamiliar with her new Japan stuff, and I was like, "Wow, this looks yeah, really cool!" Yeah. Like, I, I want to, like, I want to go back and, like, if I could find this match, I'm sure it's like a New Japan World, you just kind of, kind of, like, search for it. But like, I was very unfamiliar with her new Japan stuff, which I was like, "Wow!" If she would have just had her head on straight, like, you know, and not dealing with like the Sean Waltman like drug abuse shit, like, if she would have had her head on straight, I feel like she would have made a killing in Japan. Yeah, dude, definitely, dude. She, she, she was. I mean, she was like a, a specimen. I mean, really, mm-hmm. like just one of the, you know, greatest, you know, characters and and, and performers. She's a trailblazer. Ever, you know, a trailblazer. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, she's the complete definition of that. Uh, just so unique, man. Yeah. Like, just so. Uh, I mean, oh, like I said, obviously wasn't around during that time, but I'm very familiar with her history and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like I said. One of the saddest things ever because she was truly an iconic, you know, person in wrestling. Yeah, man. Um, I hate to end the show on like a down note, but uh, if you guys haven't watched that China doc, um, check it out because it, it, it's really such a well done doc- documentary. It's a sad story, absolutely, but it's worth watching. But that's it, dude. That's all we got, man. Um, give me your plugs and Ryan. All right, at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. I'll be honest, I've been pretty quiet on there recently. Like I said, uh, life's been busy and haven't really dove too much into a lot of wrestling as of late. Um, but definitely follow on there as well as on Instagram at Royal underscore Ramble underscore wrestling and, um, wrestle radar, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube wrestling radar. And, uh, yeah, rap Ryan underscore Monterano is my personal for Instagram and Twitter as well. Quick update on, on, on future shows. I want to say next week we probably won't do one since it's 4th of July weekend. All right. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So we'll probably skip next week. Um, so relax, Peckerheads. We'll be back. Um, hopefully, <laughs> when we will be back in two weeks, maybe we'll be in studio. We're not sure yet. It all depends. Maybe Leo will return. Don't know. You just said that you've been quiet on Twitter. Listen, even with me, with my, there's a lot of stuff going on. Maybe one day I will share it on the show. But uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in my personal life with work and just some other stuff or whatever. So even with me posting, like, not not saying that, like, I still do post like on a daily basis, but it's just not as frequent anymore because it's just my life is just all over the place. But I still try to post as much as I can. But yeah, even with wrestling, like, I don't want, I have not watched uh, any of the shows the past couple weeks live. Like, they've all been, if it's not a pay per view, they've all been like, uh, like, I, even with Dynamite yesterday, like, I watched Dynamite like 11. Um, yep. Yeah, exactly. I, like, the only thing with me is, like, if I don't watch something live, I just stay away from social media. Like, I don't even bother going to my phone. Like, I have I have no problem staying away from my phone. Like, I don't want to get spoiled or nothing. You know, uh, WWE, yeah. I don't care too much because nothing, really mu- <laughs> nothing really happens. Like, I don't give a shit about Raw. So, it's a All little right. bit different for We're WWE. Done. But, like, when it comes to, like, AEW or, like, New Japan or stuff like that, like, I just stay away from my phone because I don't want to get spoiled. So, I have the willpower to be like, nope. Staying away from my phone. But, uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. Next week, we we'll probably won't do a show, but we'll be back, like, in two weeks. You can find uh, me at RatedR since 87. But make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show, which is this one because we're not on Facebook Live. I just realized that. <laughs> iTunes, SoundCloud, <laughs> you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, tune in, let me know. LowsRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And leave us a review. We would like to know your feedback, and we would like to know if we piss you off. (laughs) For the old man Leo that's not here for our Double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep Radar, and stay too sweet. Goodbye. And good night, Ben.